You've learned the polyvagal theory, so now what? What do you do with this information? My name is Justin Sinceri. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist helping you to finally get the trauma relief that you deserve and need. Welcome to Stuck Not Broken. As you know, this podcast is not therapy, nor is it intended to be a replacement for therapy. So what do you do after learning the polyvagal theory? I'm assuming you already have a decent understanding. Um, so this is for you. You have a decent understanding of it, and you're like, well, what do I do with this? You're ready for what to do next. So I'm not going to be spending any time in this one on the polyvagal theory basics. If you're missing that, you're, of course, welcome to listen. Uh, but I recommend you go to episode 101 of this Stuck Not Broken podcast. That's a free deep dive into the polyvagal theory, episodes 101 through 109. In this one, I want to make sure you have a top-down understanding of what to do with the polyvagal information that you've probably already gotten. So maybe we haven't been able to apply it as a bottom-up process quite yet, and that's okay. We're going to do it more from top-down what to do next. Polyvagal theory is not a modality. It's not a set of techniques. It's not a therapy style. I think a lot of people uh, confuse it with that. It's science. It's nerdy. It's academic. It's dense. It can be very overwhelming, and it can leave you wondering what the heck to do with that information. Of course, and something I actually really recommend is that you always or continually go back and relearn aspects of the polyvagal theory. It's something I do uh, every now and then, and I learn it in a different way, especially if I go to one of the like original writings from Dr. Portis, who's the creator of the poly polyvagal theory, obviously. So I encourage you to go back and relearn aspects of the polyvagal theory. Uh, maybe read a specific, more specific article on the application of it. Um, maybe get you to think about things a little bit differently. Or get a new wrinkle in your brain about polyvagal theory. I actually have a nifty gifty for you. It's called Polyvagal Primary Books. It's a checklist that you can get after you sign up for my email list. I'll put a link in the description. But basically, you can also just go to justinlmft.com slash polyvagal primary books that's justinlmft.com slash polyvagal primary books and there is a, um, a list of the books from deb dana and stephen porges make sure you read up on those so let's say you've done all that now what do we do with the polyvagal theory the next step in my opinion is to build the strength of your safety state i think this is always a good idea whether you're stuck in a defensive state or not we're actually going to talk about how this can be a good idea even if you're not working on relieving your trauma, maybe you're just working on your own self-development. Developing the strength of your safety state is, it's actionable. There's something that you can do, actually a lot of things you can do about this. Whereas maybe you're at a place where you've learned polyvagal theory, but you're not really ready to start relieving your stuck defensive state, your trauma. So you're not there yet, but you are at a point where you're like, well, I, I wanna do something with this and maybe so, building the safety state is something that you can do. And there's lots, lots of things you can do about that. There's a whole bunch of potential benefits of developing the strength of your safety state. I'm gonna, I'm gonna briefly go over three of them. And I'm gonna tell you this right now. I'm not gonna bring it up again, I promise. Building Safety Anchors is the course to go to if you're pondering my courses. I know a lot of you have gone to my site, you looked at my courses and you're like, well, I don't know which one to go to. Building Safety Anchors is the one for what I'm talking about here. It teaches you, it guides you into identifying, experiencing, and building the strength of your safety state. It has six unique 
anchoring pathways. It takes you from numb to grounded in the present moment. You also get access to meeting with me uh, twice a month during virtual meetups. I will answer any questions you have about my courses so that you're never left to wonder what to do next or if you're understanding something right. That's justinlmft.com slash build safety. A link will be in the description. justinlmft.com slash build safety. I have to get in a plug for my course. I have to, okay? And I know if people are, um, are, are thinking about which one applies to them. I hope that helps you out. So I got three benefits to building the strength of your safety state. Okay, so this is the next step after learning polyvagal theory. Three benefits to learning the safety state or to building the safety state after learning polyvagal theory. Number one, getting unstuck from a traumatized state. This one obviously might be the most obvious. This one might be the most obvious benefit. With a stronger vagal break, so with a stronger safety state, there comes a higher level of distress tolerance. When you build a strength and safety state that results in higher stress, or higher distress tolerance. When you have higher distress tolerance, then there's probably gonna be more interest, more motivation, or at least more space to have more interest, more motivation, to have more capacity to feel your stuck defensive state and to allow some self-regulative polyvagal ladder climbing to happen. Without the safety state being strong enough, um, working on your stuck trauma might end up being re-traumatizing. So it's extremely important that the safety state is developed enough to be able to handle whatever you have inside of you. It can be potentially disastrous to try and delve into your stuck trauma, into the inner pain, without uh, being prepared for it. And part of that preparation is having a stronger vagal break. When you delve inward and do some stuck nodding, it surfaces those emotions that come up. Those memories come up. Uh, sensations and impulses that are attached to those things that you've been through will come up. And so we wanna have the safety state active to actually be able to experience whatever's coming up and to be able to tolerate it. If you cannot, then that ends up causing dysregulation and really just kind of reinforces your stuck state, at least for the time being. There's even a good chance that if these things come up, that you will turn to or return to uh, maladaptive coping mechanisms, which in polyvagal language we call behavioral adaptations. And what this does is then if you're turning to behavioral adaptations, you're really kind of stifling that defensive state from continuing to surface and discharge and for self-regulation to happen. Those behavioral adaptations keep you stuck in that defensive state. But again, with the safety state active, with it strong enough, you can experience the underlying impulse more mindfully that's under or driving those uh, behavioral adaptations. So that's benefit number one. I will ask you also, if you uh, are not already, do me a quick favor uh, and subscribe or follow this podcast if you can. It means a lot to me, and I truly am grateful. Benefit number two of developing your safety state is a greater distress tolerance for the basics in life. So not like you know working on stuck trauma, but just getting through life, the, the, the day-to-day stuff. Developing your safety pathways will also direct or also benefit this. Um, those things that are like you know irritations, they'll be less irritating. The things that are triggering for you will be less triggering. So that, you know, that person that like cuts you off on the road 
it's less triggering. Someone being snappy with you in your home, like maybe they, they you know, they're uh, they're talking to you with a more of a harsh tone. Maybe they're having a bad day. While you're in your safety state, you'll be able to roll with that a bit better and maybe even be empathetic or compassionate. Uh, but it, you won't, it won't be a personal thing. It will be less triggering, less irritating, less upsetting. You'll also have the capacity or greater capacity to connect with others just day to day, just in your day to day experience. You'll be more likely to have more capacity to connect with others from your state of safety and social engagement, having that be uh, developed enough. You'll be more empathetic. You'll be more attuned to other people's state, their political state, but also their feelings they're feeling in that moment. And you'll be able to provide co-regulation to other people. Just those passive biological cues of safety will emanate from you, and hopefully somebody else will pick up on them. And that's just, again, day-to-day -day existence. You'll also have more of a capacity day-to-day -to, -day to connect with yourself. You'll have more understanding or of your own feelings, or maybe even more self-empathy, if that's a thing, self-compassion. You'll be able to direct that connectedness, that impulse to connect toward yourself and look inward in stillness. You'll even be able to maybe day-to-day -day look at any sort of defensive states that are surfacing for you and be curious about them, be interested, and be mindful and actually notice and allow and uh, experience them. Day-to-day, -day, you'll have more well-roundedness, more flexibility. Um, all of this, all these pieces look like someone who has more patience, somebody who has more ability to connect, somebody who can actually relax, but also feel motivated. They have a greater range of, of what they're able to feel and experience. So they can be relaxed in stillness, but they can also be energized and maybe even aggressive in a like a fight dominant like play state. Not dominant, but a play state that, ha that feels a little more aggressive is what I'm trying to say. So this person's able to use their mixed states, not just like, you know, access safety and be this nonstop happiness machine and co-regulation co machine, but they're, they're able to access those mixed states as well. And they're able to drop down the ladder and then self-regulate up just, just again, day to day uh, with, with greater ease. And benefit number three of building the safety state after learning about the polyvagal theory is that you'll have greater distress tolerance for new challenges in life. So not working on trauma, not the day-to-day -day existence kind of stuff, but when there's big or new or new big challenges and milestones in life, you'll be better prepared to handle them. When you develop your vagal break, you're more prepared for new challenges. Not only new challenges, but you'll have more motivation to seek out new challenges. You'll have more motivation and capacity for, for growth. And when it comes to those new challenges, or when it comes to seeking out new opportunities uh, for challenge or for growth, you're going to identify along the way what it is you need to work on. Like maybe you wanna go back to school. Maybe you wanna end a, or need to, end a toxic relationship and you've been kind of putting it off. Maybe you need to set firmer boundaries with somebody. Maybe you want to start a new, uh, a new YouTube channel. These are all things that are new challenges and can trigger that defensive state. Things that are new, things that are different, things that are challenging will trigger that defensive state. So it's not exactly day-to-day -day stuff. 
but it is like, I need to make this change in my life. What, whatever it is that you might have coming up, these challenges, like I just listed those four just random examples, these cha challenges will present obstacles to you, to your, to your uh, polyvagal state or to your nervous system. They'll probably take you a bit out of your safety state. And that might be in a very practical way. There might be like challenges and obstacles in a very practical way, like deciding what type of camera or microphone to get for your new YouTube channel. But all these things can also bring a more emotionally challenging challenge, like uh, facing the fear of telling your parents that you need more space or being able to, and I'm talking to my adults, adult listeners here um, in particular, or being able to say no at work to someone that needs to hear it. These situations will challenge your distress tolerance. So the greater uh, distress tolerance you have from your a strong enough safety state, the more capacity you'll have to be able to meet these challenges successfully. And this is something I'm working on for myself. Of course, all of us, hopefully, I hope that we're uh, identifying new growth points. I hope that we're identifying challenges in life or uh, milestones in life or obstacles in life that that raise our capacity or challenge our capacity to self-regulate through it. And as we succeed, we get more capacity to self-regulate. We build the strength of our safety state by going down the ladder in maybe a little bit of dysregulation or, or in challenge, we'll say, but then able to self-regulate and succeed and come up the ladder. Maybe even use our defensive state activation with these challenges. You know, I'm building my little business here, um, my courses, um, the content I create. I'm constantly confronted with new challenges. And some of these have brought up like deeply ingrained issues around money uh, that came from my family. So in order for me to move forward and confront a, another challenge I have, which is a fear of success, <laughs> um, money's one of those things. So for me to meet the obstacle to to, write, to feel successful when it comes to building my business, I have to deal with those things. And both of those things, fear of success, but also fear of rejection from the people that I want to serve, which is you, and also some money issues. In order for me to meet that bigger goal, I have to deal with those problems or those themes from my life, I guess, or those issues that trigger a defensive state within me. So as I develop my bagel break strength, my ability to sit with the distress of these things increases. And I, from where I was like a year ago to where I'm at right now, my capacity to do so is a lot higher. And these things don't feel um, nearly as challenging to me today as they did maybe like a year ago or so. That is it for this episode. I absolutely have a nifty gifty for you. It is that Polyvagal Primary Books list. When you sign up for my email list, you get, or I'll give you, the Polyvagal Primary Books Checklist. Head on over to justinlmft.com slash Polyvagal Primary Books. I'll have a link in the description, plus a link to my Polyvagal 101 podcast series, plus a link to building safety anchors all for you in the description. Thank you so much for listening, fellow Stucknot. I do hope this episode has been a helpful resource for you in your process of learning about and applying the polyvagal theory to your trauma and self-development process.
This podcast is not therapy, not intended to be therapy or be a replacement for therapy. Nothing in this creates or indicates a therapeutic relationship. Please consult with your therapist or seek for one in your area if you are experiencing mental health symptoms. Nothing in this podcast should be construed to be specific life advice. It is for educational and entertainment purposes only. More resources are available in the description of this episode and in the footer of justinlmft.com.